The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, again, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's pray. Father, Jesus, we are thankful for you. We are thankful for your church. We are thankful for your grace. Lord, may this message bear fruit in our lives uh, because of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And Father, may this gospel be every day gospel for us that we can live out daily, Lord, not just on Sundays, but daily. Father, may this message uh, be a reminder, be a challenge, be uncomfortable in our hearts because the gospel is uncomfortable, Lord, and it should. Father, I pray that you uh, continue to look and and weigh our hearts today so that we can align ourselves uh, in the gospel, in you. Lord, we thank you. And the whole church said, amen. Amen. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, if this is your first time, my name is Randall. I'm the lead pastor of Grace City. Uh, glad you're here this morning. Uh, welcome. We are uh, one week away from our two-year anniversary, and uh, just want to invite you out, invite out friends. Um, so we're going to be giving you these cards at the end of service. Just give it to somebody, uh, maybe friend, family member uh, who isn't connected to a, a church just an opportunity to invite them. And so next week, just as Billy said, 9 and 11. And uh, right now, we've got some amazing volunteers that are in the back helping out with kids. Um, and they do this every week. And so we thought, you know what, one of the, the, the ways in which we want them to be in a service is having two services. I don't want to have a two-year anniversary and they're not able to be a part of one service. So that's why another reason why we're doing two services because we have some amazing people who serve every week and I, I'm just thankful because I got three kids back there. So it's, it's, I'm very thankful for them. Um, and so we've been going through this series right now called New. And what we've been talking about is how in Jesus we, we, we get this new perspective on life and just how it filters into everything um, throughout our lives. And so our text today is Colossians 3, 16 through 17. And uh, through this, we, we do, we get a very clear perspective of what it looks like to live a new life in Jesus. So if you're thinking, well, what does it look like to be a Christian? What does it look like for it to just flow out of your life? That's what this text is about today. So Colossians 3, 16 through 17. Now, I like to watch movies, but I don't like to watch just any type of movie. The type of movies I like to watch are the ones that make you think, the ones that give you a new perspective on life. It's, it, there, there are times where even my wife will look at me and she, she looks at the movie that I want to watch and she rolls her eyes. She's like, why do you want to watch that? Why can't we watch something funny, like a comedy, something lighthearted? I'm like, I, I just want to watch something that's going to make me think, right, and just ponder. So this past week I was going through and I saw a movie I'd seen before, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. 
I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to watch this again. So it was, a, it was a 2008 film. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's a, it was adapted into a film from a 1920 story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And it's about a, a man who was born in his 80s as a baby in ages backwards. And as I watched this movie, I thought to myself, this is helpful. It's helpful in a lot of different ways. It's not just entertaining, but it was helpful for me to see a perspective of what it would look like to grow older. Maybe even some of the the ailments and the, the, the rejection that you could face. How people judge and, and really look at outward appearance and how that could dictate a person's life. It, it also dives into the perspective of growing old and death. Death. It's something that, that we don't want to think about very much. And so as I, I watched the movie, I thought of the way that the Bible talks about having perspective. And it actually says this in Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. See, the Bible says that it's wise to think about your life in that way. To have a perspective that, that you see through different lenses or different eyes and say, okay, Lord, like, Teach me to number the days that I have and help me to be wise about how I move forward with those days. See, what is wisdom? Because it says, teach me your ways, Lord, and give me a heart of wisdom. What is wisdom? See, wisdom is those gray areas in life. You know, like we know like the right and the wrong and all this stuff, but, but even your life as a Christian, there's gonna be those moments and, and you're gonna be walking and you're gonna be stepping and you're saying, Lord, am I making the right decision? Am I going on the right path? Do I have the right lens right now as I'm, I'm taking these steps? Give me a heart of wisdom. See, that's what David asked for. In Psalm 90, verse 12. And so in today's text, Paul says to admonish or urge one another in all wisdom. He, he said, don't, don't just waste your time, waste your life, but, but really think on what's important. And I want you to urge one another in that way. See, it's, as we thoughtfully approach life, we should encourage one another with a, a God-centered lens, perspective. How do we do this? Again, David prays in, in Psalm eighty-six, eleven. He says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in the truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. See, as he's talking about perspective, here's what he's saying. He's saying, God, let me see life through your eyes. Teach me your ways. Show me your truth. Reveal to me your reality. Now, why would he pray that prayer? Because as he looked at the perspective that he had, 
He said, I've got some blind spots. I've got some areas that I don't see clearly. And so, Lord, would you help me to have a perspective and a wisdom to make it through life? The challenges, the difficulties, the trials. See, too many times what happens is this. We're nearsighted and we don't have a broader perspective of what's happening. You see, we all have blind spots. In 2015, researchers from major universities from around the world said that all of us have bias blind spots. All of us. That we are less likely to detect in ourselves, but we're more likely to detect in others. We, we can see it in other people. We can see that they've got some gaps and it's easy to point out, but it's very, very hard to see it within ourselves. See, there are things within in us that we can't see. And so we need wisdom from the outside to help us. And so as David's praying, he's saying, Lord, from the outside, can you look at my life and give me some help? Give me some perspective. So when facing difficulty, where do you turn for perspective? Maybe family, friends, books, Google, social media. Pew Research Center released a report that said that um, Twitter and Facebook, 63% of users are using this as a platform or a source to get news, information, wisdom, to become a part of our culture and our life. See, many of us are looking for wisdom, but the, the source that we usually are looking for is through social media. While all the while, Paul wants to invite us into a life where he says, would you consider God? Would you consider God's perspective on what you're going through? See, he invites us to turn to God. And so let me ask you this. How would you or, or me be different if we started to see life through God's eyes? If we say, God, give me your perspective for life. Give me help in seeing because I, I don't have it all together. And so again, our text today is Colossians 3, 16 through 17. And the past few weeks, we've been studying Colossians 3. We've been uh, going through, and the, the first week, we just talked about this new identity that we have in Christ. And then the next week, we talked about this, the new habits. And last week, we talked about a new community. Today, we're gonna be talking about this new perspective. And so Paul is writing to this young church, trying to strengthen them in the truths of the gospel, the good news. And so he's trying to help them shape some of their perspective today on life. And so here's what we learn. Paul gives us three challenges to help form a new perspective within us. And so I'm gonna give you all three. And so here's what they are. It's through receiving God's word, reminding one another. Number three, responding daily. Receiving God's word, reminding one another, responding daily. And so the first point is receiving God's word. Let's look at verse 16. It says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Paul here 
invites his listeners to receive something that's from the outside in. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, many of us have believed, and and, and even many world religions would believe this. We say that the way to true enlightenment, peace, understanding, is not to look outside, but to look within. To look within yourself. That all the answers you need in life are inside of you, that it starts with you and following your heart, following your gut, listening to your inner voice. But Jeremiah 17.9 says this. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. See, the message of Christianity is different than any other religion in the world, and here's why. Christianity says the answers are not in you. They didn't start within you, but it's outside of you. And it says the thing you need doesn't start from inside out, but from the outside in. And so how does this work? Well, what we know is that he came from the outside, heaven, to earth. John 1.14 says it like this. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. And so when we're talking about the word of Christ, how did it get to us? God came from heaven to earth. And he didn't just tell us, here's how you should live. But it said he dwelt among us and became one of us. See, this is the difference between Christianity and every other world religion. There's no world religion that says that God became man. But yet, in Christianity, we see a God who says, I'm not just going to tell you here's how life is, but I'm going to show you and I'm gonna become one of you and I'm gonna live it out. And he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Martin Luther once said, when I reflect on the magnitude of God's mercy and majesty, I am myself horrified at how far God has humbled himself. Like as he's thinking upon God, that God could become man, he says, I'm horrified that God in his majesty and who he is became like you and me. See, here's the gospel. We could never find the true perspective that we need inside of us. And I'm telling you because I've searched. I've searched. I've searched within. And so God had to send his son from the outside to the inside to rescue us. And now... Paul says, because of what Jesus has done, because Jesus came from the outside in and dwelt among us, God wants his word to radically move into your lives and dwell within you. 
Do you see how amazing that is? God says, I wanna come into your life. How? It's simple. It's received. It's received. Do you, do you know how hard it is for us to receive something? Well, well I, I gotta work my way for it, right? I gotta, I gotta work my way to God and then maybe God will love me. But the message of Christianity is this, that you could have never worked your way to God and I could have never worked my way to God. And so God had to work his way to us. And he dwelt among us. And so now, God is not the man at the top of the stairs saying, hey, come to me, shouting that word down to you. But he says, I'm gonna walk down the stairs and come to you right where you're at. You see, that's who God is. That is that's the amazing thing about who God is, and that's why we say God is a God of grace. See, Paul challenges those who receive Jesus. Now, if that's you, and you say, okay, I need, I need him in my life, I receive him, he says to dwell on him. Dwell on him. What does this word dwell mean? Well, it means to sit, think on what God has done. It's like Luther when, when he just said, no way that God in his majesty could ever come near to me. Like how? It's to soak in the fact that God loved us so much that he sent his son to live in God's truth as if it were your protection, your tent. Like, like I'm gonna pitch my tent here and I'm gonna sit in this and this is where I'm gonna be camping out. And what God says about me C.J. Mahaney said, never be content with your grasp of the gospel. The gospel is life permeating, world altering, universe changing truth. It has more facets than any diamond. Its depths, man will never exhaust. See, if we think we've got like this Christianity thing down, we've missed it. it, it, No way. I've heard it said, people say, well, it's just the ABCs, right? No, it's the A to Z. Everything you need is in Jesus and what he's done for you. And, and as you dwell on that, you can dwell on it your whole life and into eternity, and you'll never be able to exhaust it. And so let me ask, what, what are you dwelling in right now? Is it the word of Christ or something else? Are you dwelling right now in someone's opinion of you? The way you view yourself? The last performance evaluation or final grade you got? The last criticism that someone posted about you? See, Paul invites us to leave that behind. Say, you know, stop dwelling on that. Like, my wife knows when I'm, when I'm thinking on something and it's just consuming me. And then she asks you that dreaded question, what are you thinking about? You know. You know, guys are just bad at communication. As it, so you start talking and sharing, and you're like, Randall, you, you, you need to stop dwelling on that. One of my friends says, you need to change the channel. You need to change the channel. 
And so some of you today, I want to encourage you to change the channel because Paul is inviting us to dwell on Jesus and his word and what he's done for us. And so the second point is this. As it's this, that reminding one another. Reminding one another. So we get this perspective, right? Number one, but number two, it's just you gotta remind one another. You can't do this alone. He says this in verse, the, the, the second part of verse 16. He says, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Here's what we get. The Christian life is not independent, solo. I got this from here. It's interdependent. It's we need one another. We need to be there for each other. See, you'll see it all through scripture, the one and others. Many times, the, the way that we view the Bible and we look at the Bible is very individualistic. We live in the most individualistic society the world has ever seen. And so when we start picking up the scriptures, we start reading it and we say, well, this is just for me. But just as Billy was even talking about earlier, when we sing, when we do anything, we have to know that the, the, there's one another's that Jesus hasn't left us alone to ourselves. And so Paul tells the Colossians to teach one another, encourage one another, sing with one another, do whatever you can to remind one another of what God has done. Why would he do that? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. And he says this, he said it's not just a show. It's not just the outward where we come and we act like we've got this all together. He said, no, it's from the heart. It's from the heart. It's one of the things he says is sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And in the book of Colossians, it makes very little mention of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things in here when it talks about the Spirit, this is a sign of the Holy Spirit. That as the Holy Spirit's working in your life, it's just like you just start singing. God's working in, in a way in your life where you're just like, man, I, I'm just so thankful for God. And you just start, it just comes out of your heart and out of your life. I think of my daughter, Elle, who's five. And one of the things that she loves to do is she loves to start chants. So we're just like, she just starts chanting something in the back. We're like, Elle, stop chanting. Please stop chanting. You know, but one of the things that she does is she just loves to chant. And whenever there's something that makes her like so happy, so thankful, like I do this thing at night before she goes to bed. It's called the tickle spin. And so I'll just pick her up and I'll spin her around and then I'll tickle her and then th throw her up in the bed. And she's like, Yeah. And so one of the chants that she starts doing is, Daddy's the best. Daddy's the best. Daddy's the best. And here's the thing. I've never told her, Elle, you need to start a chant about how I'm the best. <laughs> if you want that tickle spin, you better make sure that I get the Daddy's the best chant tonight. <laughs> never had that conversation. Never had that, you know, like, okay, we need to meet about this. But it just kind of wells up in her that she starts chanting. 
Why? Because she's thankful. She's thankful and it's from a pure heart of just, I'm just so thankful and I love my dad. And when God is talking about, okay, like I want you to sing. I want you to teach one another. I want you to share wisdom with one another. It's not gonna be coming from, well, you you gotta do it. You just gotta sing because it's supposed to sing. Everybody sing today. Like not one of those things. It's just you can't help it but sing. You can't help it but teach others and just tell them like, hey, here's what God's done. It just flows from your heart. See, and what it is, it's, it's pushing one another to see the world through God's eyes. See, that, that's why gathering matters. Like th- this matters, this time together matters. That's why, why groups, like we talked about, those matter. That's why you having lunch with people after service matters. That's why you having coffee during the week matters. We need one another to get perspective, to get help. One of the, the people that's really helped me through this pl- church planting journey is my friend Rich, and, and he's, he's really helped through the past couple years when we've planted this church, and he's a church planter, and so I'm like, Rich, what's going on? Like, help me, give me some perspective. And I like talking to Rich because one of the things he tells me is like, Randall, you gotta remember, you're not that good. <laughs> you're not as good as you think you are and you're getting stressed about things right now. You need to stop worrying because this is about God. This is about him. And so do you have those people in your life because I got them here in this church. I got people in my life. And, and so I'm asking you, do you have people in your life that's the one and others that are saying, hey, you're not that good. You're not as good as you think you are because you got some blind spots. And really, you thought it was about you, but it's about God. So it's reminding one another. The, the third point is responding Daily. And so this is in verse 17, it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is the, the last little section here is telling us, okay, like, like you, you've seen what God's done, like you, you're receiving God's word into your life. And now you're reminding one another. And so this is, this is the application part. This is where you go. This is how you respond. Remember what he's done for you and let it flow through you in every area of your life. Let it flow through you in every area of your life. Again, it's, it's not a, a have to, it's a, it's a get to. So from your parenting to your work to your school. Because I know that there's anxieties that well up within you right now as I mentioned some of those things. But I'm saying God is encouraging us through this like saying, okay, would you see me in those areas? Would you believe that I could be there and whatever you do, whatever you say, like I could be right in the middle of it. 
How? Remember what I've done for you and let it just flow out of your life. See, it's all a response. It's all a response. And so just some quick takeaways today. How can we live with a new perspective on life? The first one is this, revisit the gospel daily. Revisit the gospel daily. C.J. Mahaney, again, in his book, um, said this. He, He said, reminding ourselves of the gospel is the most important daily habit we can establish is the cross-centered life. It, it's a habit. It doesn't just happen, but it's like when you wake up, it's like, okay, I gotta remember today what God's done for me. Second Corinthians 10.5 says this, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You're gonna get a lot of perspectives. You're gonna get a lot of different ideas out there. But what Paul encourages us to do in 2 Corinthians, he says, okay, take those thoughts captive and test them through the lens of, is God in this? Is God at the center of this? This is running everything through the filter of what Christ has done. You can run it through it. And so revisit the gospel daily because we need it to to remain sound on our perspective. You gotta remember what God's done for you. You gotta remember who you are in Christ. You gotta remember your identity in him because again, there will be a lot of ideas that will try to take you away from it. The second is remember you're not alone. See, you need others to push you in Christ. You need to remember the fact that, that you're not the only one. I mean, how many times have we believed the lie that we're the only one who's struggling with something, who's going through something? Right? It's so easy to buy into this idea that, well, I'm just the only one out there that's going through this, and so there's no way that I could ever share it with anybody else. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You're you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're in this together. And so we need to remind each other that God's with us, that God's here. Recently, uh, my son, he's seven, he's, he's training right now. And so I, I shared a few weeks ago that he's uh, training to be on this demo martial arts team. And one of the challenges that, uh, I guess he'd be the sensei, yeah, the sensei would say, uh, said is just like, hey, I want to see you get better. I want to see you work hard. I want to see you, you know, gain some um, discipline. And so uh, one of the things that my son has been doing, he's like, Dad, I want to come and I want to run with you. So we've been going and we've been running. And so he's, he's seven and um, on Fridays, we'll go uh, to La Jolla Shores. We'll go run the beach. And, um, and we ran around the neighborhood. Um, and so he came with me the other day and we were running the neighborhood. And he's like, Dad, I, I think I'm, I'm, I've got this. 
I'm gonna be running with you and we're gonna do this together. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, be, I'm, I'm gonna run a little distance today, okay? So I, I want you to keep up with me and we're gonna do this together. He's like, okay. So he's running, he's feeling pretty good and he's getting his stride. And then about halfway through, he starts slowing down a little bit. So dad, um, we, hold on, were we going back that way? Were we going back home? Isn't that the way right? Oh yeah, yeah, we were passing by home, but we were actually going this way. So I was taking him another route, so I just kinda, you know, did one of those things, a little tempting, like, okay, maybe we're going home, but we're not. So <laughs> take the little detour. We're gonna go down the hill, come back up the hill, come back around. And one of the things he says, he's like, Dad, my, like my side is starting to hurt. Dad, I, I need some help, man. Like, I, I feel like I'm dying here, you know? He's just holding his side. He's like, oh! He's never run long enough to feel cramps. And so he's starting to feel cramps. I said, son, this is what happens when you start running long distance. You'll, you'll, you'll start to feel some cramps in there. I said, you gotta push through. I tell him, like, goofy stuff, like, uh, what did I tell him? Like, no excuses, no regrets. There's this, like, a guy that's like, telling me, like, no, no excuses, no regrets. I'm like, no excuses. And he's like, no regrets. He's like, ah, you know, just, like, <laughs> going, just running, just turning it. And, uh, you know, we just keep pushing him, keep pushing him, keep pushing him. And so he finally makes it home. He walks in the house. He's so happy talking to mom. I made it. I ran. I did all these things. And, and here's the thing. If he was by himself, he wouldn't have made it. He would have stopped long before. But, it, but it's pushing one another. Right, for me, it was just cheesy 80s movies, phrases. But, 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 but really, in life, the same thing is true. You have to push one another with the truths of the gospel, with the truths of God's word. What, what's the word that you're pushing one another with? As you're, as you're looking at, at Christ and saying, okay, God, help me to keep running. Remember, I'm not alone. That'll help perspective. The third one is this. Realize every moment counts. Every moment counts. And so I wanna read this quote. Timothy Kelly says this. Everyone will be forgotten. Nothing we do will make any difference. And all good endeavors, even the best, will come to naught. Unless there is God, if the God of the Bible exists and there is a true reality beneath and behind this one, and this life is not the only life, then every good endeavor, even the simplest ones, pursued in response to God's calling can matter forever. You wanna do something that lasts? You wanna do something that matters Paul said it a little bit earlier, whatever you do, word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hey, God says, I, I want you to trust me and to do things that matter in this world. And it isn't like, okay, I'm doing this for Jesus, I'm doing this for Jesus, I'm doing this for Jesus. But in your heart, putting the stamp of Jesus on everything you're doing, whether it's your workplace, whether it's school, whether it's you're going out to the grocery store, whatever you're doing, saying, Jesus, help me to be your hands 
feet, wherever you call me to go today. Jesus, I want this to be for you. It's not about my glory. It's not about me. Lord, I want this to be for you. See, where where do you get perspective to keep going? As you're on this race, as you're running and you're getting tired, Hebrews 12, two ends with this. It says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, that sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You want some perspective today? God came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, ran the race we could have never ran on our own. We could have never done it. And he says, I love you so much that I'll die for you. And that in me, when you start to see your life through my life, I'll do great things through you that'll last for eternity. And so will you take the invitation to a new perspective and sing it through Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace on our lives. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you that because of Jesus, we have everything we need to move out into the world, to make a difference. And so Lord, many of us are going to different places even today. And I just pray that that, that, that stamp in our heart of the, it's all about Jesus just pours out of our lives. Help us to live life through this new perspective of seeing things through your eyes, Lord. We want your way. We want your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.